I started to realize how often I have not shined my light for fear of A, pissing people off, B, making other people feel bad, C, diminishing somebody else with my brightness. And I realized how often I've been doing that my whole life. I've been playing small, school, my family, anywhere. And I just can stop that. <laughs> like, I'm done doing that. I am focusing on how I'm here to serve. And that service becomes the way that I get to shine. Welcome back to the Essentially You podcast, all about reinventing your health with safer, cheaper, more effective natural solutions and powerful lifestyle changes so that you become the CEO of your health. I am your host, Dr. Marisa Snyder. I want to start by sharing a statement that rocked me to my core and shifted everything for me. And here it is. It is never selfish to put yourself first. Now I know there is a part of you that's resisting the statement. Maybe it even makes you extremely uncomfortable to hear. But deep down, you know it's true. I learned this valuable truth the hard way after years of neglecting my health while running on fumes to please other people. Full confession, I was a people pleaser and I cared what people thought. Very often, we have a built-in belief system that our worth is based on what we do for others. It's this belief that has skewed our minds and bodies into self-sabotage. I am here on this crazy, amazing mission to help you change your beliefs and therefore change your goals and your impact on the world around you. By rewriting your belief system, you can begin to take care of yourself and therefore take care of the world in a bigger way. Today, we are dismissing myths about self-care, stressing the importance about how you talk to yourself and how to listen to what your mind, body, and heart really needs to be fulfilled and happy. Today, I invited my dear friend, Elena Brower, who is a yogi and entrepreneur extraordinaire, to come onto the Essentially You podcast and talk honestly about self-care and how to shift our beliefs so that we prioritize it to create the life that we want, create a life that is thriving. She has figured out how to make self-care and authenticity a practice, and that is what we are definitely going to be discussing. But before we jump into this powerful conversation with Elena, I want to take a moment and celebrate you. I love to celebrate your wins. And one particular healing rock star is Gina Kiesel. And I'm excited to shout out her win that she shared on iTunes just a couple of weeks ago. And I have to tell you, the iTunes reviews are so powerful and impactful. Thank you, Gina, honey, for leaving an iTunes review. Here's what she had to say. This is my favorite podcast. It's packed with empowering, inspiring, and practical info that is relevant to women in every stage of their life. Dr. Marisa's passion is contagious. I share every single episode with someone I know who needs it. Well, thank you so much, Gina. You are truly a woman after my own heart. And thank you, more importantly, for sharing it with the women who matter most to you. As a token of my love and appreciation, I would love to gift you a signed copy of my newest book, The Essential Oils Hormone Solution. All you got to do, honey, is reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Dr. Marisa. We'll connect and I will get you that signed copy. Now, if you are listening today, I want you to know that this podcast is about empowerment. If it's helped you in any way at all, I would love to shout you out here as well. You can reach out to me via Instagram, Facebook, or by simply reviewing this podcast on iTunes, which is my favorite place to read them, or whichever podcast platform you're plugging into. That way, not only do I know how this podcast is impacting you, but also it allows me to show up even bigger with the information that women are looking for who are really ready to become the CEO of their health. Let's spread the news. Let's get it out there. Now, on the same line, we're talking about helping to become the CEO of our health. I have been giving some major thought into just thinking about how we can bring this community together, how we can connect each and every one of you. I would love to connect with you. And so I had been thinking about creating a a hashtag for this podcast, and I had given it some serious consideration and have come up with a hashtag that I can't wait to use, I can't wait to have you use, that I think is going to be super powerful, and the hashtag is health 
H-E-A-L-T-H-C-E-O, and that is H-E-A-L-T-H-C-E-O, Health CEO. I will be putting it into my Insta stories. I'm going to continue to share it here on on the podcast. I will have it in my, my post when it comes to Instagram as well. I'm hoping that we can create a community around Health CEO. It's easy, it's simple to remember, and it's a way for us to connect. So if that feels good to you, definitely start using it, start connecting with each other, and I will definitely continue to be using it every single day so that I can connect with you. Now let's dive into this incredible conversation with Elena Brower, but first I want to sing her praises. Mama, teacher, author, speaker, and double diamond doTERRA leader, Elena has taught yoga and meditation since 1999. Her first book, Art of Attention, has now been translated into six languages, and her second book, Practice You, a Journal, is now a bestseller from Sounds True. Her next book, Being You, will be the journal for young adults coming in 2021. She's contributed to Yoga Journal, Yoga International, Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, and so much more. You can find Elena at glow.com or listen to her globally on her beloved podcast, Practice You Podcast. Also, if you want to know where she's going to be out in the world, you can go to elenabrower.com. Let's welcome her on. Welcome, Elena Brower. It is so good. It feels so delicious to have you on today. Hmm, thank you so much. I love you. We've had so many special moments together, my friend. We have. And you're just pure magic. And I love that that's exactly what we're going to be talking about today is the pure magic that you have inspired millions of women to embrace and bring on. We're talking about practicing you and really what that means in terms of self-care, in terms of lifestyle, in terms of focusing on our bodies. And as we get into this conversation that you have guided so many women into, I want to really start with your journey, your journey into vibrant health right now, right here and now, because I would have to say knowing you as vibrant I mean I just got it I just saw you a second ago how vibrant you look how vibrant you feel the energy that you're putting out into the world that you're really living that vibrant life right now you know I think I might be and it's been 49 years in the making <laughs> can we just say that you look 29 I love you. You're all the time. Your check is in the mail. I love you (laughs) so much. I actually feel like I'm about 33 right now. Yeah. And I remember being 33 and feeling much older than this. You know, I wasn't taking care of myself. I was struggling with addiction. All the, all the things were happening and I feel much different now. I think um, it's worth it to, to note that that, Addiction was, as most of my sort of friends and community know, was to marijuana. It wasn't to alcohol. It wasn't to cigarettes. A lot of people feel that marijuana is not an addictive substance. For me, it was. I'm not purporting to talk about anyone else's experience but my own. But for me, it became a crutch, became a daily crutch that I needed it because I felt like I wasn't as fun, as cool, as interesting, as insightful without it. And it was making me old. That I know. Probably the most important aspect of that journey was the choice to stop, which came on very quickly, almost five years ago now. And I never went back. It was just the best thing I ever did for myself. It was the moment that I actually took on my doTERRA business. It was the moment that I took on my financial health as well as my physical health. And I've been on a road sort of ever since then, just refining, refining. And now, like I said, 49 years old, I'm now learning how to maximize myself cellularly. I have an incredible doctor by the name of Dr. Gabrielle Lyon. Mm-hmm. Who we share. We have the privilege of sharing. Who yes. is about to have a baby. She's two weeks away. Goodness, so close. Two weeks away. She just sent me a picture this morning. She looks so cute. I want to burst looking at her. I told her already that baby is mine. Bring that little girl over straight away. Gabrielle is, as some of my community knows, the second ex-wife of my first 
an only husband. She and I are best friends and we continue to become closer. She's a very skillful medicine practitioner. She practices functional medicine. She also practices what she calls muscle-centric medicine, and she is the reason why I started working out. I started doing light weightlifting, really intelligent light weightlifting, and swear everything she taught me about building a little bit of muscle as a way to optimize protein synthesis, as a way to optimize my endocrine system, my hormones, and as a way to optimize my sleep and even my brain. All of it is true. And I've had in the last, I've been working out very, very religiously since December of last year of 2018. So now it's six, seven months, eight months. I've never felt better in my life. I've never felt more capable. She's got me on sort of a combination of different supplements to support my hormones. She's got me doing the workouts, as I said. And of course, I'm surrounded all the time by the essential oils and various products of the essential oils. And that, for me, sort of rounded out my entire ritual of self-care and means the world to me. I was just talking to my team today, my doTERRA team, about how to optimize your productivity while remaining restful. And that's been a really cool discovery. And that's for all of us. It's not just if you have a business. It's for if you have a family, if you have a, a husband or a wife, if you, anything, if you have a job, to how do you optimize what you're doing so that you can be both productive and have a restful quality about things. All of this adds to whatever vibrancy you're picking up on. I think it's, uh, I think it's really a practice. It's, it's something that you have to, we have to work on all the time to cultivate. I agree. Now let's go back to about last fall or maybe even last summer. We look at you as an amazing inspiration, but a woman who is an amazing yogi, a woman who has built in self-care. What was the turning point for you last fall and very, very successful? right? You've created such phenomenal success. And what I think what, you know, when you look into your life or when we look from the outside in, it looks as though you do such a marvelous job integrating what you do, you know, your passion and taking care of your body. But was there a moment last year where you thought, you know what, I want to really hone this in? Or was there something that was going on? Maybe you felt a tiny bit burned out or maybe you felt overcommitted or it just felt like as you're moving into 49 that this was, this was something you really wanted to dial in a little bit closer. There was a moment because it was when it was right around when I started to look at Double Diamond. For those of you that aren't in doTERRA, it's a rank where you have, you've reached the sort of core top rank of the company. And then doTERRA gives you a chance to build a second team. That second team getting to Diamond renders you a Double Diamond. There are very few people that have done that. I looked at the potential for that and I was like, this is effing crazy, but I think it's actually possible. And I started to mess around with what that would look like, not just on paper, money-wise, doesn't even matter, but how many people's lives would I be affecting if that were to be true? And what would it cost me in terms of my time? So what you're picking up on is exactly right. You decided you were going to level up. That was going to require a different level of energy or mental capacity or self-care. Or did you know that you needed a stronger foundation to take that next big leap in your business? What I knew is that I needed more sleep and I wasn't going to stop doing that in favor of the leveling up. So I figured out how to sleep seven to eight hours a night very diligently and work more wisely during the day so that I could have all the things done that I wanted to get done. All the people for whom I'm, I'm literally working for them. I'm, they're not working for me. I'm working for my team. So all the people for whom I'm working, how can I work for them really intelligently and really efficiently so that I'm not overworking so that I'm not busy. You know, people call me all the time. Like, I know you're so busy. I'm like, I am not actually. 
that busy. There are certain days where I'm just like, no, I don't want to eat lunch, but I do it anyway. But I'm not that busy. Like I'm chilling out in my house. We're relaxing. I spent the first two hours of the day doing all of my communication from bed today because I was a little tired. Like so cute. So I'm not that busy. But what I did notice is that it was going to take a lot more work on my part to help my team believe that this was possible. And that was when the leveling up became a practice. So it wasn't just like, okay, I'm making this choice. Let's just do this. And then nose to the wall. It was, this is my practice. I'm going to work as wisely as I can for the next three hours. Then I'm going to acupuncture. I'm going to work as wisely as I can for the next two hours. Then I'm going to the gym to see my trainer. These are treats that I thought I was giving myself. But in fact, they're necessities. I mean, I think that's a really important point too. These moments of self-care where you're paying somebody else to help you stay optimized, they're not, they're not rewards. They're necessary. And when I started to look at it that way, the schedule shifted. So I started putting in the workouts, the acupuncture, the walks in the park during this or that phone call, or even during no phone calls first into my schedule and I'll continue to teach this. Then I put in whatever family time, although date night is a fixed thing. Then I put in the work. I want to talk about practicing you as being a non-negotiable. Was there a time in your life where it didn't necessarily feel that way? And how does it feel today? This is, this is a conversation I have a lot, you know, because self-care is built into everything that I do every single day because it honestly feels like if it's not built in, that's when I start to feel the physiological changes happen. Then I'm not taking care of myself and the busyness takes over and I can tell that I'm not doing so great. And eight hours of sleep is a non-negotiable. I don't do well without it. You know, making sure that I'm, I'm nourishing my body is a non-negotiable. Going to those sessions, absolutely. And a lot of it, I just, you know, just like you and I, we do so much of it at home. And so talk to me about, you know, when did you know it, it was a non-negotiable and when you decided to give it that type of time and that type of, I would call it seriousness, but priority, what did you feel shift? Because you are still creating success, girl, while you're taking the time, probably more time than ever, to take care of you. For sure. I think uh, there are two ways that I want to go with this, if you'll indulge me. One is practicing you as just being yourself, which is a, a fairly recent development. I don't feel like I've ever really been so much myself as I am right now. And two is the more concrete, like what happened to make that true. It was when I started seeing Gabrielle, I had this spot of eczema on my left hand that was so profoundly uncomfortable. And it, it went on for almost three years where I would have to hide my left hand alternately when I was teaching or taking photographs because I couldn't show. It was, it was like half of my palm it was completely on fire and peeling. It turned out that I had leaky gut. It turned out that I had all sorts of temporary but present food allergies that needed to be mitigated. And I had to heal my gut, which I've done. And I had to heal a parasite, which I've done. And we're just sort of on the end of that. But that, all of that work, spending so much money on supplemental care, on all of my oils to help topically, on the oils that helped internally on all of the practitioners, like I said, acupuncture, the trainer, the food, the organic food, all of that was critical in this moment of healing and leveling up. So that was a really big deal for me. And that all of that is a form of practicing, you know, just being myself, just being present and taking care of myself, taking care of my business, meaning personally as well as professionally. But that second part, which I actually mentioned first, just being myself like in real time, practicing being me, this is something that recently came into focus because I have a few, not many, maybe in, on a hand, you know, like a handful of people who have targeted me and a couple of other of our colleagues to ridicule us on social media, which weirdly I get. 
I understand that that would be a really easy target because here we are, we're having a really nice time. We're doing all of the things that keep our family in communication, that keep our team in communication, that keep women feeling empowered. We are sharing our wealth and our knowledge. We are connected to one of the finest companies on planet Earth, constantly in a place of service and giving and servitude. So we've become a target. For me now, and because there have been actual, like, literal posts making fun of Practice You, the book, the journal, which has been used now all the way in, in juvenile detention centers here in the States, all the way to the slums in Kenya, where women are teaching adolescent girls the most ignored population on planet Earth at this time. Absolutely how to take care of themselves, how to love themselves, how to be there for themselves, how to be there for each other. This book that has been used in so many, it's, it's sold. It's over a conduit. It's crazy, yeah. this book. I had no idea what it was going to be. It's a journal, so it's like, it, it has a life of its own. This book, that somebody would choose it to make fun of it, called into question temporarily all of my understandings about what I'm here to do. I emphasize the word temporarily with a big yellow pink highlighter because after a very short period of time, I realized, of course, this person has to make fun of me because they have no forward trajectory of their own. And it is so important for me to continue to practice being exactly who I am so that I can share my message as far and wide as I can because I know it's working. Talk to me about being authentically you as you, as this is happening, someone's attacking you because like you said, they don't have their own forward trajectory. There's so many reasons why people troll those who are doing the big work, right? And as you're grounding in, and, and it does, I've been attacked and it rocks your foundation. It makes it for temporarily with that yellow highlighter. It absolutely has you second guessing the work that you're doing or the intentions that you're putting out there. And then you realize, hopefully we realize that we lock into why we do what we do. So in that moment where, where you, cause I feel like you are, you are so authentic and you, you give all that, uh, give off that authentic energy. I mean, that's the reason why we cultivate and connect to you is that authenticity as we are experiencing here in this interview how did you know to lock in to being just more who you are and to just to be really clear on that? At very certain intervals, it's so funny how everything that you need comes to you. And at almost on the day that, that I realized that that person was posting this really vulgar kind of hideous missives about the book and about me. And, and it was really more of a statement on, an entire population of people who are just working towards empowerment and happiness and, you know, pretty innocently. I was sent a video of one of the teenage girls in Kybera who has been using Practice You to teach roomfuls of adolescent girls how to meditate, how to respect their bodies how to treat themselves with respect when they're having small negative thinking. The size of the room that she taught at the time that I received this video was like 48 people. It's gone up to be over a hundred. She's now considering herself a leader. I'm going to post this video soon because I feel like it's very important that I share it. And she was thanking me in the video for the book. And it is a tearjerker, a three-minute tearjerker. And when something happens that it, it seems to derail or detract, bring you down, look for the signs of the opposite truth occurring. Because the minute I opened my eyes to it, there was this video in my inbox there was this perfectly clear message that, in fact, Practice You has reached such an important segment of the population. And even if they were the only hundred girls that ever held the book in their hands, 
that would be more than enough. And I, I let go. I let go of it. I just realized poor, poor, poor people who, who aim arrows at any of us who are just out here trying to make a living and help other women make a living and believe in themselves. I say, God bless. I don't know what else to say other than I, I hope that everything works out for you because I'm going to be over here doing my work and serving whomever will have me serve them. And that's enough for me. Mm-hmm. I really do appreciate those reminders, right? When we, we, you know, we feel like we call into question what we do and why we do it. And then someone sends us something that reminds us why, right? To dig back in. And that's exactly what that was, is right at that time, in that moment where it's just a flicker of doubt or a flicker of maybe disconnect, you get that email that says, this is exactly why I'm here. For me, with the, the Hormone Summit last year, I remember just kind of being in a, a place where, I don't know, I thought things were going to fail. I thought things weren't going to work out. And I got the call from the president of Days for Girls or the, the woman who actually runs the Days for Girls organization. And she called to ask us, ask me where the money had come from or how it came around. But then... One, I told her the story, told her about the summit, told her about all the things that it was a collaborative effort between so many of us. And then she was like, well, let me tell you what happened over here and why that money was a miracle. And it was that moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this is why. If, if none of it else, none, none of the rest of this works, if, if maybe this next thing fails, at the end of the day, this, was, this is the reason why I do what I do. And I just appreciate those moments that, that give us such clarity and in allow us to keep doing the thing because day in and day out, you have to make a decision whether you choose it or not. Right. That's right. That's exactly right. Because it's not all the easy work. And that's the reason why we're having this conversation is some of the work that you're doing, Elena, is not easy. And, and that's the reason why the self-care is so important. Because if we're not doing that self-care, we can easily go off the rails. It's so easy to say no to the hard things. And, and that's what we're talking about today. Is when you decide that you said yes to the next hard thing, the next thing that you know was going to be transforming for women, how did you get your body ready? How did you get your mind ready for that moment? That's what embodies practicing you. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think any time... You know, if you're listening to this and you feel like, oh, it's too late for me to start now. Oh, it's already so far down the road. I can't begin to whatever, practice yoga, get a trainer, work with my body, whatever it is. It is not too late. I would keep that in mind. It is never too late. Today is the perfect day to start. Right now is the perfect time to start. And whether it's meditation or yoga or really conscious eating I still have a piece of cake. I still have a little bit of chocolate, but most of the time I'm eating really nicely. Veggies and good lean proteins. I'm really taking good care of myself so my brain feels sharp. All those things, it's fine to start right now. I don't care what you ate for breakfast. I don't care what you ate for lunch. What about now? You know, that to me, I think is an important message to share because I Many, many times when I quit, I only quit five years ago, all the substance use and abuse. And I was already 44 years old. And I was like, it's too late for me. My body felt like it was too late. And I decided that was bullshit. And I'm starting now. And sure enough, I feel like I've peeled years off of my life. I had a friend look at me the other day, just on the weekend. And she said, my God, it's so weird. I see your face. It's aging, but inside of you, you're not aging. You feel younger to me than the last time I saw you. And I feel that very distinctly. And I don't, I love the, I'm getting awesome laugh lines and wrinkles and all the things are happening on my face. And I love it all. I'm super into it because it just means I'm getting wizened and wiser and older, I think is the real privilege. You know, the other option is dead. (laughs) <laughs> I love I love the grace that you have with with and honestly I'll be honest with you I have not noticed that you are aging to be honest I think you are going backwards you keep glowing and you keep so I I see something very different than your other friend 
<laughs> that's what I'm seeing. That's why I wanted to have this conversation because I see a reversal happening as you are stepping in and doing bigger things and, and building a bigger business and, and supporting more and more millions of women. You are getting younger. And that's why we're having this conversation because I was curious to see, like, you know, even in this last year, I've seen changes in as I've seen your business even grow bigger. I know so often we think that when, when things are getting busier, when things are, are, are growing at a, at a very rapid pace, that it's going to take a toll on us physically. And what I've seen in you, and that's why I'm so inspired by it, is that I've seen the complete opposite. That is what I've seen. And yes, I know that you have a great practitioner because girl, like I said, we got the same one. However, there have been some shifts and some high level priorities that you have made for yourself and your body that I think have made all the difference. And nutrition, I know, has been one of the big ones. And I, we can't emphasize how important, how foundational nutrition is. But then the non-negotiable of sleep, making sure that you're getting enough sleep. And I don't know. Is there a ritual that you have around sleep? Is there a, okay, it's 11 p.m. I am in bed like clockwork. Maybe it's even earlier than that. Like, how are you guaranteeing no matter how much you've got going on in your life and with all the travel that you've got going on, how are you guaranteeing that sleep? So I don't stay up past 11 ever. I had a feeling. That's <laughs> I wasn't sure if it was 11. I was like, you know what? That may be even too late, but I was going to just throw out a time. Yeah. That's 11 is the sort of outside. I'm shooting for 10 now. I'm shooting really for 930 now, but usually it's 10. What I can say for sure is that I fully and firmly believe from a point of view of vanity alone, that when I sleep for seven and a half, eight hours, my skin looks better, period. Seven hours, even down into six hours, it doesn't look the same. There's a full-scale healing that happens every time I sleep that much. I agree. Absolutely. So you, you feel that. And then talk to me about, and I'm sure you're using oils for sleep too and making sure that I just think it's about a choice. You choose when you go to bed. You know, I always tell people you can choose that next Netflix show or you can choose to go read a book in your bedroom, right? And you can, you know, those are the types of things that every day we, we make choices to love up on our bodies. Tell me about the choices that you're making nutritionally, because I think that's been one of the biggest changes too. I mean, you've been eating well for quite some time and I've seen girl, we've been to Mexico together. I have seen you, I've seen you at a buffet, take veggies and fruits in a little container for your flight out. Like I've seen you be so thoughtful and so deliberative. You're about ready to travel. You are setting yourself up for success because let's be honest, you are on, I mean, I know you do bouts of travel, but you do travel more than the average person. I feel like the, the ease with which I have seen the difference in my experience if I eat versus if I eat well is so obvious if I stick with vegetables, some fruit, and lean protein, I do fine. If this is something that's on your mind and you're listening to this right now, and let's say you travel often, a hard-boiled egg goes a long way, really. A little thing of strawberries or blueberries. I usually do in the morning a celery juice. can't do that on the road, so I do that at home, and that seems to have a really nice impact on my mood and on my my brain. We know that it is said to help the liver function, that celery juice. So I continue to do it mostly because it feels good. Then after that, usually I'll do a really nice fatty cacao drink of some kind with cacao butter, a little bit of ghee, some bubs, collagen protein, cacao, cordyceps, whatever's around. And I take that really nicely with a little blend, a little hand blender, whip it up, and it's so good. And that gets me through until like 11 or 12. Today was a perfect example. I almost skipped lunch, but I couldn't because I'm taking some supplements that require food in the middle of the day. Jonah, my kid, he's almost 13. We've been watching a ton of cooking shows. That's the only thing I'll let him watch on the laptop cooking shows. And sure enough, 
he comes in and he goes, mama, I'm cooking you lunch. What do you want? Seriously, can't make this shit up. And I asked for breakfast for lunch. He made it. That's like the best thing I can do for myself is just have a little bit of breakfast for lunch, some vegetables, some eggs. I had a gluten-free bagel today, which is not the norm, but every maybe third or fourth day I'll have one of those because it's so lovely and I'm yummy. You're a New Yorker girl. Oh, my God. And, uh, and, and for dinner, usually I'll just do the pressure cooker with brown rice, broccoli, cauliflower. I'll make an artichoke. One of my best friends, Joshua, who founded Pangea Organics and Alpine Provisions and uh, Anjou Deschec. He also founded Seed Ranch, which makes the best hot sauces. So I put that on my little dinners. I'll make sauces of my own. I love Gwyneth Paltrow's cookbooks, especially the latest one, which I think is called Clean or something like that. I'm very sort of moderate in my eating, so I don't suffer. That's the truth. I found that if I wasn't taking care of my eating and I was eating a lot of things that would aggravate me, if I was eating fried food or lots of wheat or dairy, it just wasn't working. My eczema would flare up. All my body would just speak. So I've learned how to respect that, that voice and t- take good care of it. Listening to your body, that intuition, that wisdom, and just knowing what's right and what's not right for you is so important. I want to I want to segue really quickly to practice you the journal because we just spoke to it a little bit about its reach and and in kind of it tra- taking a form of its own and I love this journal so much it is so beautiful the fact that someone attacked it is just crazy town to me but talk to me about practice you not just the book but talk about I would love to hear you talk about a little about the actual card deck as well what was the intention what did you want women to gain from these tools when they started using them when I did the book I felt like it was really for myself my mom had died pretty recently before that and I needed a place to write and I didn't I couldn't find the right journal nothing was having the right pitch or the right tone It was all too playful, too factual, too practical. It just wasn't for me. So I created the journal that I wanted to write in. And that turned out as we laid it out on my floor in my apartment, all the different watercolored pages, I painted them all. And as we laid them out, I realized, oh my God, this is for everybody. This could be for kids as much as my peers, as much as for our elders. This is a really, really cool, beautiful, inviting repository for your own wisdom. And that's precisely what ended up happening. It became this journal that is usable by so many, and including myself. And it's, it's helped me solve so many weird things in my heart and in my mind. So many things that have been happening as I've gone through my 40s since I did this book. And I I can't say enough about it. It's given rise to a deck, which is beautiful and a part of many thousands of homes, rituals in the mornings and probably past that. And then it's also given rise to a second project, similar but not the same, called Being You, which is specifically aimed at teenagers, 13 to 18. And interestingly, it has a very... It has a similar flavor, but it's even more sophisticated, which I find fascinating because I, you know, you would think, oh, the last one was for adults and this one's for teens. But in fact, the one for teens is definitely, I'm much more clear about what I'm aiming for. It's not so much like a place to write. It's more like a place to heal. Mm, And that's going to be so important. Yeah, I'm really, I'm feeling really good about it. I just handed in the manuscript and now the next step is painting. And I can't wait to have the experience of starting to paint it because that's like the most magical part. I'm going to be very influenced by all of my favorite artists, namely Mark Rothko, Agnes Martin, Helma Af Klint. Those three are sort of the main three in terms of fields of color, in terms of sort of spiritual space 
And then the prompts are also a little more leading and, a, and there's going to be a lot more space for people to write because I got a lot of feedback from teenagers specifically who are using this in high schools and universities and found out that they were feeling like there wasn't enough space. They were just getting into a topic and then boom, another prompt. It came from a lot of different areas, that, that feedback. So I'm going to leave a little more space this time. Hmm, I love that. And I know this is coming out next year. Is that correct? Cor- uh, what did we say? 2020? No. You know what? The painting and the whole completed everything will be due April 2020. Okay. All right. So that means the book itself will come out sometime in the first half of 2021. Okay. Good to know. You know, here's the deal. You know, we're talking about this. It's a process, right? It is such a process to get these out into the world. And, you know, I know so many people have practicing, have practiced you. I, we, I have it as a journal, but I wanted people to know that this is such a great tool and I'll have a link for where to get it inside of the show notes. Now, the last thing I wanted you to talk to, because I know what kind of from kind of birth from the practice you was the practice you podcast and tell me a little bit about the you know, kind of it was the same intention for this podcast as well which I know you launched last year I believe correct yeah, I don't even know how it happened actually that podcast I just I have a digital collaborator called Michelle Martello she started a company called Minima Designs she and I have been working together for almost 10 years and her husband is a DJ and sound engineer and we got the idea that we should start a podcast. I should start a podcast. And he would, you know, he helped me get the equipment into my house. So he helped me hook it up. We had a really fun weekend. I learned everything I needed to know about making the recordings. And, you know, I just started. I didn't really think much of it. Now here we are under six months later. And we have almost 200,000 downloads. Congratulations. I know. It's ludicrous. But it speaks to a need that isn't being met, obviously. All I do, I don't have any sponsors or anything. All I do is talk to my friends about what matters. Most of it centers around the topic of transitions. So any transition from a job to a new life, from a relationship to a different relationship, from singlehood to relationship, from childhood to being a parent, all the things, all the different transitions that happen to us over the course of a given day, a month, a year, a life. Mm. That's all we talk about. And it seems to be striking a chord. And I have the best time doing it. Like I just can't get enough of it. I do a couple of recordings every month and it's, it's just so sweet. Like it you're is. coming on, obviously, you know, it's that easy. I love the podcast and I love that there's such a focus on transitions. You know, transition can feel unsteady. Transition, fear can bubble up, uncertainty bubbles up, you know, not knowing where you're going to go. And when you have the opportunity to hear other people's transition stories on the other side, right? We, we, you know, when we're in it, we don't know where it's going to go or where it's going to lead. And so to be able to hear people tell their story about their transitions, well, not only is it very inspiring, but also there's a little bit of reassurance that everything's going to be okay. Totally. Totally. It's exactly right. The feedback that I get most of all is that people are feeling alone and listening to the podcast helps them feel like they have, you know, some presence around them, some feedback, some insight coming in. You know, I don't, it's not too serious, but it's also not too flip. It's not super practical, but it's also extremely relevant. I'm proud of it. I'm proud of that medium. I think it's a really cool medium in which I can work pretty well. I'm proud of you because it's no easy feat to do it. I'll tell you that. It's the conversations that need to happen. And that's really what it comes down to, just like today's conversation needing to happen. And in those conversations, we don't, we don't feel so alone. We hear women having these these conversations. We hear women talking about whatever they're going through and how they've navigated it. And it doesn't feel so lonely. Even you and I, although we're surrounded by team and colleagues and friends, there are definitely times where, especially in creation mode, where we're doing it ourselves. 
in our own place. And it can feel a little lonely. Sometimes you feel like a little island over here, just typing away or, you know, creating away. And it's nice to know that there's other people somewhere around the world or down the street doing it too. So true. So true. I think it's very comforting. I know I'm comforted by all the podcasts to which I listen. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Podcasts are one of my, my favorite ways to connect into. And I love the ease and grace of it because I can just listen to it anywhere. I got to go get my nails done today, girl. So I get, I'm going to go take my podcast with me. You know, not my personal episodes, but somebody else's podcast. For sure. For sure. I love it. I love it. I listen to them when I'm running, when I'm at the gym. I listen to them in the car. It's so beautiful. Well, in case anyone missed the name of it, it's Practice You Podcast. And I'll have that link as well. Elena, honey, before we finish up, is there any other, any words of wisdom that you want to leave us with? Any little thing that you thought we, we missed out in this conversation today? You know, I think one of the most important things that I've learned of late, very recently, is to stop downplaying what I'm doing well and focus instead on how I'm going to serve with that skill or talent. And tell me real quick, I just, a little question that comes up the downplay, because I feel so often that happens with women in particular. Was that something inherent that you felt like you learned when you were younger? Cause it feels like sometimes we have to give permission to not downplay, like to double down on our skills, to double down on the things that we're good at. Was that kind of a realization? Did you see yourself not doing that at first? And just realized that, hey, I need, to sh- I need to shift this. I feel like as I took my doTERRA business more and more seriously, I started to do a lot of personal development work, which I'd never done in earnest, aside from like yoga trainings. And there was a disconnect. And when I started to do that, I started to realize how often I have not shined my light for fear of... A, pissing people off. B, making other people feel bad. C, diminishing somebody else with my brightness. And I realize how often I've been doing that my whole life. I've been playing small. School, my family, anywhere. And I just can stop that. <laughs> like, I'm done doing that. I dared myself to stop that. I am focusing on how I'm here to serve. And that service becomes the way that I get to shine. So there's no shining for the sake of ambition, even though there is really an incredible trajectory that is revealing itself to me, but it really is about serving. How can I serve my friends? How can I serve my team? How can I serve my household? How can I serve my in people with whom I'm working, my business partners? And everything gets easier when I look at it like that. Everything. I think that the best way that we serve people is our true authentic self. And it's time for us to get over worrying about what other people think. Worrying about if we're upsetting people or pleasing people or not. Or if they like you. It just doesn't matter anymore. It's based on that. Like you're concerned about what other people are worried about. And I was just at an event with um, Lisa Nichols, who is one of the most inspiring teachers. And she's like, you need to stop worrying about what other people think. And you need, to get, you need to get clear on who you authentically are. And I was like, preach on. Tell us, tell us what time it is. You know, she was, you know, because we get so caught up in it and we don't, we don't share the real stuff because we're so concerned about, about what people are going to think. Mm, that's exactly right. And there's no time for that. What do you think? I have like 30, 40, 50 more years. I'm not going to waste my time anymore. I'm done with that. I'm done. I can't, I can't worry about if everyone likes it or if everyone agrees. It's just when I keep doing my thing, I know that I'm doing a good thing. I know that I'm helping. That's it. That's all I got. I'm so glad we ended on that point. I'm so glad. That <laughs> yeah. It's not talked about enough. And we've yeah. all been taught that we need to please people. We need to say yes. And, you know, there were so many years where I was so dutiful. I, I did the things I didn't even want to do. I, I said the things I didn't even necessarily want to say, all because I was concerned about what other people thought. Totally. I love the permission you have given us and given me. Thank you so much, honey, for shining your bright light in this interview today. Thank you for coming on. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me, you crazy girl. I love you. Love you too, honey. I'll talk to you soon. So much. Thank you. Elena is a force of nature. 
And what I love most about her is her realness and authenticity. She has created a life that she loves by committing to self-care and she inspires me to better myself every day. How about you? Are you ready to tackle some of those beliefs around self-care? Are you ready to up-level that personal practice and live in your authentic self? Are you ready to not care about what people think of you and just live in the way of what feels right to you? I know I am. Now, if you are ready to step into your brilliance, I want to invite you to check out Elena's journal, Practice You, and go and listen to Practice You podcast. Hearing other women transition in their life, whether it's in relationships or business or whatever it may be coming up, I think really gives us that inspiration to step into the unknown and do something that even may feel risky. Now, Elena's resources are going to be powerful and they will serve you at your highest potential. Now, the link to grab these are going to be in my show notes. It's going to be episode 117, or you can head to the website at drmarisa.com slash podcast, where look up 117 and voila, there you go. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for stopping by and listening in to the Essentially You podcast. Coming up, I am bringing Dr. Dan Pompa to discuss hormone optimization and a multifaceted approach to cellular healing through proper detox, fasting, implementation of diet at various stages, and all-encompassing addressing that root cause, specifically upstream toxicity. Yes, we are going to be covering all of that and more. This is a very meaty episode coming up. So, In the meantime, have an amazing day. Continue. I hope you're still enjoying your summer. And if you've got a chance, even a minute or two, head on over to the Essentially You podcast on iTunes, rank it up, give it a review. And that way, not only are you helping to spread the word, but you allow me to continue serving women at a much higher capacity, which is what this is all about. Getting the information out there and having those crucial conversations so that we can create the life that we want. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Talk to you soon.